Welcome to Armchair Preaching, a podcast of the First Presbyterian Church in Lakeland, Florida. This is a podcast about God's Word, the beauty of the gospel, and what it takes to communicate that truth to others. I'm your host, Pastor Zach McGowan, and on today's episode, I'm joined by Pastor Rebecca and Pastor John as we talk about our go-to Bible translations, and we discuss this week's messages in our series entitled Slowing Down. We hope you enjoy the conversation. Welcome back, everybody. Armchair Preaching, episode number 63. And this week, we got all three of us in the armchairs this week. Uh, I was not... Uh, we were just talking a second ago. I was not uh, on deck anywhere, not assisting, not preaching, um, taught my Bible study, and then I got to go to Divine, Vine yeah. and, uh, because I had been in the recording for Classic, yep. which was which was fun. And I just got to say, man, when my uh, – personally, my, my brain shifted into a different gear of worship in both of those settings, mm-hmm. uh, which was really nice. It was just uh, – kind of be in the moment on Thursday and just take it all in and be in the moment on Sunday and which I you know sometimes people don't realize that's hard for us to do you know we were just talking about that a second ago yeah and uh I, you know I used to do I would shift from basically vine to classic every Sunday yeah I mean, literally, which I would go into a room and change clothes, yep. and put in a robe and all that. So in between the ten, so so that shift is not an easy shift to make. It's not. It's really not. And even just the doing the one service is not is not always. And and Rebecca, you've been a solo pastor the last several years, mm-hmm. so you're you're on deck every single week. Mm-hmm. So we were just talking about you're going to get a you're going to get a week where you're not. That's right. On deck pretty soon. <laughs> you have to tell us what that feels like. Yes. After because mm-hmm. how many years were you, were you in West Virginia? Just just Five. You, so just you unless unless you had to in, and when you weren't there, what did you do the weeks that you weren't there? Uh, I was on vacation, so I was. But did you some, have to like set set up everything did beforehand? Pump a supply list that you went well, to. Well, they did that for me. Oh, that's so nice. I didn't have to do anything unless the person who's doing pulp supply contacted me, which yeah. wasn't often. So usually oh, they just good. took care nice. of it. So you actually got to just go on vacation and not have to worry about what's going to happen when you're not on vacation. Correct. And, uh, yes. Yeah. Yep. I know a lot of places that's not the case. If you're going on vacation as a pastor and you're a solo pastor, you got to set every. You're actually doing double the work in the yeah. weeks well, leading you, up you to it. You still have to do double the work yeah. because all the stuff that's not getting done will still have to be done. Yes. Uh, minus the actual sermon. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, that's good. Well, yeah. this week we were in the slowing down series, mm-hmm. which is uh, which for me I got to actually practice a little bit of that on Sunday. And uh, but before we get into that, I, I I wanted to just touch base on a question that I've gotten many many times. I'm sure you have gotten many many times. One of the things that we've talked about in the slowing down series is slowing down with the Word of God. But I get asked a very practical question because there are dozens and dozens we're very blessed in our time to have dozens of translations of the bible in our language um what is your like what translations do you tend to go to what do you gravitate towards and are there translations of the bible that you gravitate towards for different reasons for your mm-hmm. own ministry life for your personal spiritual life and uh you know what is that what does that entail so i'm going to let you kick it off john well, it's a great, uh, a great question because um, 
you know, I, I have a go-to, and my, and my go-to is NIV, a new international version, and that's the one that is the, the standard for me. But <clears throat> anytime I'm actually, uh, other than devotional, even in devotional reading where you're just reading it to, re- to read it and to take in the story, I still will see something in that, and I go, I wonder what, yeah. and then I'm going to, going to another translation. So I might go, I wonder how Eugene Peterson would say this in, in, you know, in the message, in the message yeah. and just go, go to that. So I, I, I end up doing that anyway, and Certainly, when you get into the text itself, and you and you start unpacking, like word, doing your word studies, and you yeah. realize, or, or the, the the most the biggest trigger for me for for going somewhere else is the, are the variant readings that are contained in the text itself. And mm-hmm. you know, if you look on the on the page, and it has the footnotes that say yeah. mm-hmm. some manuscripts say such and such. Well, there there I go. So I'm going to go pursue those. Which other English translations include that variant mm-hmm. reading, and mm-hmm. and then so you just go spend some time in that. But I, you know, I I, I trust the, the the scholarship of the of the NIV. I enjoy I've enjoyed it. I've come to a few places in NIV where I go, um, okay, where it's been <laughs> that's been okay, and you know. But you know, anytime you're doing a trans dealing with a translation, it's exactly that anyway. It's it's it is a a group of people who are gathering together to look through the various manuscripts and papyri and writings and pieces that that make up the the scriptures and saying this is our best understanding uh with the latest of and greatest of our scholarship to yeah. what these these words are how they are to be translated into english and then you know we we're talking about this ahead of time into english in a way that is that dynamic equivalent t- type of way rather than if you if you actually translate the the bible yeah from its original language in the sentence structure of the original language, you would end up with something very difficult to read. Very difficult yeah. to read, yeah. Because they, people don't understand the a lot of times. Well, one, and you mentioned this actually in your sermon on Sunday, uh, uh, Rebecca. the The original languages there are no, you know, there there are no punctuation yep. marks. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are no lowercase, uppercase. A lot yep. of times, where do you put the comma? It makes <laughs> a big deal. Well, and in and in, in some of the text, there are no spaces. Yeah. I mean, it's just one long content, which to me, it's I it's still after all these years, I still boggles my yeah. mind. Mm-hmm. I mean, just my Greek professor incredible. said that you know you got to remember for us today, writing paper is that you can get that anywhere, mm-hmm. but then. The idea, the technology called paper, was such a scarce resource that they used every bit of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So they they, they didn't waste time on punctuation in spaces, mm-hmm. um, but that that was real interesting. What about you, Rebecca? Translations that you find yourself in? You, you're mentioning there's been shifts in yes. your your. So talk about that a little bit, yeah. Currently, it's the NRSV because I used it for the last five years. So. Okay. In the congregation I worked at, they would open up their pew Bibles and yeah. follow along. Okay. That's a good and point. And so I would use the the translation that they were reading, yeah. and we'd also read the scriptures before the sermon. Yeah. So they'd be following along, and it kind of goes all together. So I, I wasn't happy to to go to that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm now happy because they have the footnotes in that translation. So every time there is like some kind of variation in the original manuscripts, it will mention that. So that's nice to know yeah um but i like their headings like they'll put the titles for each section um and it makes finding things so much faster mm-hmm. i used to do king james version it has no headers wow. yeah <laughs> so you just had to know um and I, when i did the switch my rhythm was all off yeah so it's like trying to read something <laughs> from a different language or something and sound like you're reading english <laughs> yeah <laughs> was was a little bit funny um 
so I've got different things in my head, like, okay, so um, which version am I reciting from my head? Um, okay. And But I'm, I'm now really stuck on the NRSV, but from time to time, I go to the Orthodox Jewish Bible. Oh, look at you. Um, just to see how do they say it, especially yeah. if it's a Jewish audience mm-hmm. um, that is supposedly receiving this letter at, mm-hmm. at the time. So I'll say, I wonder how they said it, mm. just to get that mindset. Um yeah. But That's mostly the NRSV is what I stick with. That's or a the great point. Interlinear. Do you, do the interlinear. Find, yeah. Do you find that the it's interesting that you talk about the headings because, um, uh, in case our listeners didn't know yeah. this, the headings are not part of the original manuscript. No. They Correct. were added afterwards. Those are translation right. editions. And sometimes yeah. they're very and they were added misleading in order to, uh, and yes, not and appropriate. Added, but they were, they were intended to be a help to the reader to kind of break up the page and let them yeah. see kind of thematically where they are and to kind of summarize yeah. the next you know ten or so verses. Um, but right. I don't know. Have you found yourself you know, in those moments where you you see that these ten verses were come under that heading, but you you don't think of those ten verses being together that way. You would Correct. add fourteen verses or the two prior to it. Yes, right. So but sometimes I'm arguing with the headers. In other words, yeah. Yes, and I argue with them, but it's still so much faster in finding a passage. Yeah. If you're flying through, you know, the the New Testament. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Um, King James Version, you, you just don't have that. You, you gotta just, just you know, have to know it. Yeah. <laughs> well, because the King James, you know, the King James, one of you know the big kind of invention or innovation was, you know, they were really putting chapter and verse, you know, breakups, mm-hmm. which are also not right a part of the original language. I mean, if they're if they're not putting punctuation and spaces, they're right. definitely they're not. Sure not. They're not adding those. So these are all these are all for us the the, right. the more modern and I say modern loosely because the King James is, you know, 500 <laughs> years old. For us uh, to be better readers of the Bible and more more uh you know, conscientious of it. So, mm-hmm. so interesting. NIV, NRSV, and ESV, and I'm an ESV yeah. guy. And, and now some of that. And again, there are changes, right? There are ebbs mm-hmm. and flows. So I was always an NIV, uh, New International Version guy um, until I went to seminary, and I was baptized into the the water of <laughs> Reformed Theological Seminary. And Reformed Theological Seminary, it's the ESV. I mean, that's the English Standard Version. Um, that not quite on the same level as the if I mean, it ain't King James it ain't Bible but it's but pretty even close. The name of that, think about it. It's the English Standard, standard Version. version. It's yeah. like none of the others are the English yes, Standard Version. Right. Everything else is like something else. Yeah. So it's less. you know it's a little bit closer to a formal equivalence kind of translation rather than an NIV. But you know to your point, John, there are times I go to the ESV and then I'll compare it with the NIV and I'm like, man, I think the NIV is a lot closer here to not even just the 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 feeling of it but also the 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 actual language itself now i'm not by any stretch of the imagination a greek scholar or hebrew scholar but there are times when i go and do the digging and i'll i'll default to the niv now that said i will read the the new living translation Hmm. kind of as a comparative mode because that's a one step closer to modern than the niv although the niv has gone through you know, there's different NIVs now too. You know, you have the 2011 version versus the what 84 yeah, the version, 84 NIV, and then the TNIV today's new international version, yeah. which is the 2000 and yeah, 
nine, seven, yes, and, and then there was a 2011, and then they updated that yeah. to be the 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 new <laughs> NIV. So it's the most current NIV. So you got to keep track of which NIV we're talking about, because yeah. I think in our pews, I think in our it's seats the old here, one. It's the we have the 84 it's NIV, the 84, which is different. It and then is what different. I put on the screen and what I speak from is the new NIV. Oh. So the new new. The, the newest of the, NIV. The newest. I didn't know that there was a newest. See, that would be the yeah. newest NIV. Isn't that crazy, though? Because, yeah. and, and, and we kind of mentioned this briefly. I mean, uh, uh, Rebecca, you know, you served in other countries. And how, how extraordinarily blessed are we in English speaking culture to, to not only have. You know, I, don't, I, I lost count how many English versions there are. Mm-hmm. But also now in the 21st century to be able to access pretty much all of them at any time with the little devices yeah. we have in our right. hands, right? I mean, and I go back and compare. It's made me stupid. It, <laughs> yeah, because you don't remember those things, right? <laughs> Just put in a keyword and it'll pull up your verse for oh you. Oh, my gosh. Well, and, I, and I'll go back to like the amplified version quite often for that very reason. Because the old days, if you had a, a, like a physical amplified version, it was really, really heavy to carry around. Because mm. there was so much expansion and, and it was so much I'm looking right now. Bigger. Yeah, so you version, which is the yeah. one of the most popular Bible apps that are out there, it lists sixty seven. Sixty seven English versions. Sixty seven English yeah. versions of the Bible. And there's probably some that haven't been licensed to you version. Yeah, and that's not yeah, count not counting those. Yeah. Which are and I'm I'm amazed how many times I go to Uversion or Biblegateway.com mm-hmm. and there's a new one that I haven't There's Bible Hub too. And Bible Hub. Man. It just—it's a little bit overwhelming, isn't it? <laughs> but awesome. we do—we do have—we do have, we do have a, an amazing amount of resources to be able to uh, to unpack God's word in a way that is relevant and accessible for us. And and would that be so for all all languages in the world? Right? Are, are there any translations that the two of you are more concerned about? <sighs> Or try to try to avoid because of what for whatever reason depends on my audience. Yeah, I mean, so I so one of the things I get a little concerned about, John. You mentioned you know Eugene Peterson's message, right? So I love the message. Mm-hmm. I, I I get really concerned that people read that as their their only Bible, and and people have to understand that is a different. Eugene Peterson himself was very cognizant that it could become that for people and warned against that, that that was for devotional purposes, but not to be the primary, you know, study of the word of God, because because he was going after not even a dynamic equivalence at the language level. He was going after a feeling in in the work. And it's it's important. It's great. But there are times where it wasn't even even really the paraphrase, because some of the translations are they take an already existing English translation and then they make. To make a paraphrase of that. Yeah. Peterson went back to the original, original language mm-hmm. and, and, and yet still tried to put it in more of the vernacular, how the street language of the, of the people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I get, I get a little concerned with paraphrases that people use paraphrases as their go to scripture for all of life. Not, not that they use it devotionally, yeah. 
in concert with, which I think is a great thing. But there are times where I get to Eugene Peterson, I'm like, really? I don't, man, I don't know yeah. how you got to that. Because yeah. like, and then there, there are other times where that's beautiful. It's what so did, you know, beautiful, yeah. You know, the, yeah. The, the, the the thing we we talked about this a few series ago. He at Christmas he pitched his tents among us. Yeah, the John one, yeah, yeah the tabernacle, which yeah. I think is a beautiful way of helping unpack that. Mm-hmm. But then you go to the come to me all you who are weary and you know heavily heavily burdened and I will give you rest. Well, he specifically in that in his paraphrase of that specifically calls out those who are burdened by religion, not just burdened in a general <laughs> way, but burdened by religion and I have to go back and go all right, I'm not really sure that yeah. the, that, that's, yeah. that Jesus I isn't. I can sort of see that because yeah. the the yoke to take on the yoke is to take on the teaching of a rabbi. And yeah, so I can sort I of see that, that but I, there's there's a broader meaning that's it, it's left out of that. Yeah, then. it means that, but it means also more than that too. Rebecca, how about you? I, by the way, I'm the same with the same way with them when it comes to other translations. I'm usually a little hesitant to to just go hook, line, and sinker with one more of a paraphrase type of translation mm-hmm. because you really lose some of right. the. The, the the meaning yeah. um, and and the richness of the text. Totally agree with that. Um, however, and I I'm assuming that both of you agree with this. If somebody, is, the only thing they'll read is the message. By all means, read it's the message. It's better than nothing. It's better um, than nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so you know who I'm talking to. You know where are they and why did they choose what they chose? Yeah. It will determine how my conversation is going to move forward. Sure. Um, because and, if somebody wants, calls themselves, uh, you know, a student of the Bible, then I'm going to expect more than just the message from them. Right. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And get a push them in a, a direction and challenge and then them. just young, young believers you know whether they're mm-hmm. young and you know, chronologically young or just brand new believers right. you know you, you don't want to spring uh, the right. NASB on them or something like that <laughs> no, or the, <laughs> the King James or the, or the, King, or the King, King James, James yeah. or maybe right. even the NRSV I mean yeah. maybe some of these others that are more popular but you know sometimes it's just going to be easier for them to read mm-hmm. that more paraphrased language yeah. right are there passages so related to that are there passages that you go to and you check Kind of <laughs> when, the, when a new translation comes. I, so I'm just thinking I, I, as you're saying that, as you ask that question, John. Um, you know, th- right here we do the third grade Bible, right? So in the third grade Bible, they give them, and I think I'm going to mess this up. They give them either the contemporary English version or the common English Bible, the CEB or the CEV, which I love the the, the number of acronyms we have. <laughs> But when Caleb got that for the first time, I'm like, okay, I'm not as familiar with this translation how – I mean, I get it. They're giving them a translation. It is a translation, but it's it's a little bit more geared towards younger yeah. audience or, or le- I say younger audience, but less mature in the faith. So I, I usually go to – so I'll just tell you. I, I usually go to like places in Genesis. How do they deal with – the 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 lot and his daughter's story. So that mm. I'll go to that, right? And then and then I'll go to that John one one, you know, one yeah. that John one kind of pat just to kind of like cross check it. Mm-hmm. Not that it's, but you kind of get an idea of. That's funny you say that. That's funny flavor. you say that because I, I I I've never thought about the fact that I do that. Yeah, <laughs> but I do that because I'll just be thumbing through it and I'll and I'll think of a scripture and I'll go to the scripture. How do they handle and that? And it's like, oh, oh, I see. I, now and then I sort of make a judgment on the whole mm. book based on what I read on <laughs> those two or three passages that I looked up. Yeah, yeah. Are there ones for you, Rebecca? Passages of scripture that you? I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, maybe Psalm twenty three. If okay. somebody yeah. were to give it to me, but I don't think I'd make my judgment on Psalm twenty three. Yeah. Um, 
I guess because I've made my choice. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, I don't know. Well, I don't know that I make a judgment. It's more if of it's, a curiosity. And it's a, more a placement. of a, yeah, and also like when I when I'm helping people kind of unpack the scripture, knowing where they're coming from, mm-hmm. and also knowing where that translation is coming from. But you know, John, you're right. You know, if it's a new believer or someone who's less versed in the Bible, I'm not giving them the ESV or the NRSV. I'm, I'm probably telling them to go to the NIV or the, the the New Living Translation or something that that's in that that neck of the woods. It's a little bit easier. And in you know, totally if if they're going to not read any Bible, but they're going to read the message. I'm like, yeah. please, by uh, all means. Or, I, or I'm just giving them, and this is good for anybody to hear is listen to this. If you got someone who's brand new to the faith, give them a children's Bible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You get the big stories. Just you get, get the, the basic storyline. Yeah. You don't, you know, and you, pro- you probably don't want to do Jephthah's daughter or something yeah. like that. These are some of those, some of those you know, murkier stories of, yeah. of Scripture. And, you know, just give them the big storylines. At least they got that sorted out. And they're usually going to do that in a, in, a, in, a, in a friendly translation. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that, as I said, we could go on and on yeah, about no, that. Good. But I do think it's, it's good. I think it's, you know, for people that when we're approaching the text, also, too, when we are when we're preaching, we preach from different different texts quite often, especially when you're dealing with Vine where there is no physical – I mean, there's there are Bibles available, but there's no, like, standard translation there. In, in classic, there is an NIV, but it's a 1984 version of the NIV. So we make choices based on what is comfortable for us and what we can feel like we can – Exposit well, mm-hmm. you know. In some ways, it almost doesn't because of that. It almost doesn't matter what trend, and really because of the way we preach, it almost doesn't matter what translation we, we pick. We've all picked these things because we think they're good scholarship behind them and they mm-hmm. and the good readability behind them. But because we are unpacking these words, mm-hmm. you know, we're gonna. You could put the King James up there, and we're still gonna unpack. Yeah. And say, mm-hmm. This is the meaning. This is what we're, this scripture is. Is revealing to us. Yeah. Well, and speaking of this week, you you were both talking about slowing down in a state of anticipation, mm-hmm. um, really jumping off of like Psalm one thirty. That was the kind of the big text, uh, but using other texts as well to to kind of get into that. And so I wonder, uh, you know, John, as you were approaching this idea of anticipation, how you were how you were looking at it um, for the from the standpoint of slowing down and building up um, our anticipation for the work of God in our lives. Well, I don't know about the two of you, but I I, I, I do have a congregational context before my eyes yeah. as I'm preparing this. And I and the congregational context is there's nothing unusual about us as a congregation for what I'm about to say, but we are a busy people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we are moving at, a, at, a, at, in many ways, a ridiculous pace uh, of life. And, um, and, and having seen from my own life and from other people's telling their stories of their lives of what gain, spiritual gain, comes out of it when we do, in fact, um, you know, throttle down mm-hmm. and and find ways to find ways to make that a reality with, without losing some of the the energy and vitality that these other things bring to us. That is. That has been a governing idea that has been before me the the entire time. So so coming out of this week was you know because we're just we're bringing these little practices and these these thoughts about what what that looks like and how to build that out into our life. So coming out of this week was really just um, we we don't have when you when you are moving at such a such a fiery pace uh, through life you don't really have that sense of getting the build up 
to yeah. good things that are that that God can do, or an ex, the sense of expectation that God can do. So you I did really, a great job on that. I just really want to build. I want that to 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 be out there and, and just let people sort of begin to appropriate that in their own lives. So that's as far as thought. That's the the, the thinking of it. And I and I just loved how Psalm one thirty. Um, you know, I've loved that psalm for a long time, but that Watchmen idea, and we both yeah. picked up mm-hmm. on that—the idea that you know, there's something about to happen, and it's related to this other thing that we we want God to do, mm-hmm. and let's mm-hmm. let's put those thoughts together. That and was I, fun, and I really do. I love the way both of you kind of approach that Watchmen kind of thought, that anticipation there. And John, you said it. You know, a, a good Watchmen, what they want is a boring. <laughs> a boring existence. They want a boring shift on their job, and they're constantly. And you both brought this up, looking towards the morning because that means if it's boring, 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 then it's done, right? Then we we've had another successful evening. Rebecca, what about you? You you really approached this from anticipation and then married it with the concept of worship very very mm-hmm. tightly. So right. what, where where were you? And at I with leaned this? heavy on the overall theme of slowing down. I think too. Um, because they all go together. I mean, that's the the slowing down series and anticipating is a a point in slowing down. Yeah. Um, really, that was just my thought over and over again of anticipating, and um, you know, we slow down and we anticipate it and we celebrate it. I mean, it's a celebration, yeah. um, and it it's exciting to to come together and. And worship, and we come together because God is great, and we come together because uh, we're joining together for the the celebration yeah. um, of who God is and what God has done. So, just kind of those thoughts were going through my head. And you talked about the 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 creation, the the out of chaos, this the cycle mm-hmm. of creation where God brings about out of chaos this this orderliness. But it's mm-hmm. it's there's a there's a sense of calm in that, mm-hmm. and then that's what the Sabbath, kind of this ultimate kind of idea of Sabbath, yes. and then you talked about the Jubilee process, and I, I, I just love, love that. that. I love, and I love, and leading to and heaven. Yeah. I can tell you, you the one thing that was fun with you is like, Hang with me here. I need, I, need, I need to get this out on the table. Okay, still, hang with me now. I need to get this out here. I'm promising going to land this ship, this, this airplane yeah. in just a few minutes here. So, you, I mean, and it's and I knew uh, we all, you know, there's so much to what you were, you were saying, and you mm-hmm. did. You landed it right, right there beautifully. That that is, it is a shadow of the rest that comes in, in Christ, mm-hmm. but you get to experience that every week. And it was Communion Sunday too. So yeah. there was that added foretaste of the celebration we'll have in heaven as yeah. well yeah. right after the service was over and then for the classic service we also had a baptism yeah. or the 10:30 service. Yeah. Um so it just kind of And I I watched your, it. you you know so you you preached a sermon and Zach you you uh for Thursday anyway you yeah. you did the communion liturgy and so that was you did pick up on that idea that yeah. you get it here too, you know. This yes. is, this is right here in this moment too. Yeah. And and, and again I think I think one of the things that you both uh, brought out very well is how there are so many areas in our lives that we anticipate. Mm-hmm. I mean, Rebecca, you talked about the lab results and mm-hmm. you know the job. You know, are you going to get this job or not? Passing the test, ta- passing the test. John, you, you you use the idea of traveling as this theme of we we have this anticipation that we we go through life with, and yet when we come to a time of worship and time with the Lord in prayer or savoring, are we coming with it anticipating the same with the same level of anticipation yeah. mm-hmm. that something is going to happen mm-hmm. that that God is going to show up? And I just love that kind of idea that. No, no, no. 
we know how to anticipate stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're good at it. Yeah. Have we applied it to this? But we don't. Yeah, we don't apply it to faith. So when you're looking, John, at, at tying this to like the John four, yeah. So this this image of the Samaritan woman. What what challenges and and were you bringing to the table there? Because obviously John four gets can get super complicated, yeah. but really yeah. honing in on what she's saying. Yeah, I like that. I mean, I, and I love that Rebecca and I both did did this. Is that is that you know he clearly is saying something about worship to her, and she is clearly. Wanting him to say something about worship, and I mean, I, I, as I said, she, getting him off of her back, yeah. <laughs> of her sin life, and and talking you know, and, and talking about that. But she clearly about worship, and it said, if it is that, if it's all that, if it's everything that 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 he is saying to her that that it is, then she, w- w- there ought to be something inside of us that goes, oh man, I get to be a part of that. Yeah. So that's what I was trying to do: say that if it's all that there, and for her, it was like for him, it was like there's a time coming, and indeed has come. You know, it's our it's mm-hmm. it's coming. So there's he was almost almost building in anticipation into this storyline itself, but it's also here. <laughs> and um, but if it's if it's all that if it's all that um, depth of, of worship, then why would we not long for that with every fiber of our being? And so for me, it was just trying to. Paint that picture, and that's when that—that's when the whole, um, and, you know, three days before and three days after, you know, observing and remembering uh, cycle came in. Yeah, I, I liked your that. graphic on that too. Yeah, yeah, I thought that cycle kind of gave, gave some real meat and practicality to how how do we do this. But again, tying that back to this sense of worship, you know, Rebecca, as you were unpacking the 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 Psalm one thirty and then into John four, how were you looking at the Samaritan woman's conversation there? She had been waiting for the Messiah um, and had an idea of who the Messiah was going to be. And then she meets the Messiah and finds out that it is he. Um, he says, I am he. Um, yeah. <laughs> in what translation? Uh, yeah. NIV. <laughs> uh, but then she gets so excited, you know, and then he tells her everything she's ever done. And then she runs off and tells others and they come and then they they hear for a couple of days what he has to say. So there's just this, you know, could this be, could this be? It is, it is. He is the savior of the world. And um and just, it, I mean, it's exciting stuff. Um, Were there things as you were approaching either John 4, because there's a lot to John 4. There's also yeah. a lot to Psalm 130. You also mm-hmm. brought in a, a few other passages from the book of Psalm. Were there things that you're like, man, let's go down this rabbit hole, but I can't, you know, this rabbit trail, but I don't have time for it. I didn't get much into um, those verses where people come to worship to escape the issues of the world, because I was trying to make the point yeah. of when... It's the opposite. Yeah. So I, I could have made the point and then contrasted it, but I wanted to get away from uh, that aspect. I wanted people to say, hey, let, we've got these issues. Let's bring them before bring them, God yeah. in worship instead of just ignoring it. Um, uh, yeah. I really like the, um, that if you're, going to, if you're going to apply the idea of anticipation and praying, praying with expectation, I really like the illustration of um, – that you know, you pray for rain. Mm-hmm. One guy shows up with an umbrella. Right. Yeah. That, that's the guy who's expecting right. the answer that God from God. Will answer. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I thought that was very and that, that was very helpful. may have actually come from um, Muslim writings initially. Oh, really? um, I had I don't know where I heard it 
Um, but then so I Googled it. Yeah. <laughs> Where did I hear it? So, you know, I can figure out. And it popped up everywhere. You know, every, everything was saying it. But one of them was saying that it was originally uh, something out of the, the Muslim tradition. And, oh, wow. But I think I even heard it on, like, Christian radio. Yeah. Um, right. One of these famous speakers doing yeah. the 30-second blurb for his show or whatever. But I don't know. I've heard it so often I had to look it up and yeah. figure out where it came from and didn't spend too much time doing that cuz everybody but, wrote on it but it, but it is a but it is a it is an illustration of lack of expectancy that god's going to actually mm-hmm. do what we ask him you know right. that, that he cares enough to to not only answer but that mm-hmm. once in a while he's going to say yeah you know what okay here you go mm-hmm. and, and do we ever actually expect that so rebecca what 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 is it you would hope that people who are listening and again if you're listening to this right now you can go back and listen to the to the message again on the on the on the website mm-hmm. but the that you would hope that the people would would do as a result of Sunday's messages slow down come to worship expecting to celebrate who God is mhm mhm yeah which is a which is a a, a practice, a, a, a maybe a, a, sh- a shift in what we do, but it's also mm-hmm. a shift in how we think and how mm-hmm. we are entering into the space. Yeah, I think we were okay with it, more okay with it 50 years ago. But I mean, since I was young, which was less than 50 years ago, everybody out there, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, you know, I remember when everything was closed on Sunday. Yeah. Everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. You couldn't go to a bank. You couldn't go to a grocery yeah. store. You couldn't go anywhere. You could you go to the hospital. You still That's can't it. go to a bank. That's true. <laughs> um, yeah. But you can do banking. Yeah, you yeah. can yeah. bank. Yeah, yeah. That's true, yeah. But before, there wasn't even ATM machines. And yeah. I remember when they first came out, and, you know, oh, if you needed, you know, whatever, um, on a Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, nothing happened. And now, like, we're just so far away from that. I mean, no soccer games, no football games. Like, nothing yeah. happened until COVID. Um. It's funny. That I, w- I was not expecting, going into the preparation of the message, I was not expecting to land on a Sabbath-heavy message. Yeah. Yeah. But we both did it. Yeah, both, I didn't expect went, it to. We either. both went Sabbath heavy and tried to sort of carve out the value and the pr- protection and the and the and the experience of of uh, of, of the day, not just mm-hmm. the worship, but the day mm-hmm. itself. And so that was that was a, I don't know, it's not it's not a cutting room floor kind of issue, but it is a surprise issue coming out of the, yeah. the preparation. Were there things that you didn't feel like you could have you, you wanted you could have gone longer on John with 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 the whole you know Psalm one thirty John four Sabbath conversations a lot to this were there things that you did say okay i've got to curtail this I, to emphasize yeah. this well it was a, the balance between there's there's three main areas the, the prayer anticipation in prayer anticipation yeah. in worship being in worship and, and anticipation for the table itself yeah and so coming to the table that that one was really the, the a transition point but i think the balance between prayer and, and and sabbath you know had i not known that communion was coming up and that was going to be a Piece of the time block as well because we, we uh, I would have, I would unpack the the prayer prayer time as well yeah yeah Spend more time on that yeah well it's you know this this series is is very I think it's always timely especially in our culture um, be, that values the go 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 kind of attitude I, I don't know about you I've been much more personally intentional about the slowing down and carving the time out uh, because as as um, as I you know we, we talked about this a couple times John the the, the ruthless elimination of hurry I noticed that yeah, yeah the, you and you and I are both uh, yeah. have, have read or reading that book uh, yeah. right now the, the problem is not that or the solution is not more time 
we have all the time that we need. And I actually, this Sunday in the message, I'm going to kind of unpack the fact that we do have all the time we need. We just, how do we, how, how do you, we how you slice it up? frivolously yeah. waste it a lot of times or, you know, spend it on other things. But, you know, we, we are in this culture that needs uh, a sense of slowing down, but in order to anticipate the goodness of God and the right. power of God in our lives. I think that's really important because everything that we're saying in this series, we're not just saying slow down just for slowing down's sake, yeah. uh, although I think there's value to that. Absolutely. But we're slowing down for God's sake. Yeah. We're slowing down for your sake and your spiritual life's sake. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that slowing down, something great is going to happen, is, is, is waiting for you. Just, but you got to trust that, and you got to do it. Yeah. So again, if anyone's missed any one of the messages in this series, go to fpclakeland.org, click on the sermon archive tab, and uh, this is the part that doesn't get slow. This is not slow. <laughs> and if you've missed any one of our episodes in the series uh, in armchair preaching, be sure to check us out on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud. Click, click the like button, subscribe, and share it with your friends. And they're they're actually ticking off all those different lists of things. He's good, as I right, do that. Rebecca? He's good. So, yes, he's good. <laughs> Done it 63 times before. And I don't have anything in front of me, just so anybody knows it comes out of my head. But man, we're so glad to have all three of us sit here together. And we slowed down in this episode because it's a little longer than normal, but uh, yeah, that's a good yeah. th- that's a good thing. And uh, guys, this Sunday, uh, Rebecca in Classic once again, I'm mm-hmm. in Vine. We're talking about slowing down as we gather together. Uh, another Psalm of Ascent, too, this, this Sunday yes. as well, which I'm excited about. So yeah. anyway, look forward to seeing everybody on Sunday morning. And... Uh, We'll see you guys next time. As always, great job, Zach McGowan, for putting together this armchair preaching. Thank you. My pleasure. See you guys next time. Bye, everybody.